It is Friday, June the 10th. My name is Dean Shiresky. Welcome to episode two of Ideas and Thoughts of an Ed Tech. Well, I completed my first podcast, and I apologize if the uh, enclosure and RSS feeds weren't quite as as slick as I'd hope. I still don't have a great understanding of how that works, so I'm experimenting. So if you happen to listen to this podcast and realize that those feeds aren't working, uh, just let me know. And, and if you've got some some ways that I can fix that up, that'd be great. Otherwise, we'll just carry on. Podcast number two is. Um, a response, actually, to a podcast that I listened to yesterday from David Warlick. Uh, he did a, a great little interview with a fellow by the name of Bob Sprankle. And what's so interesting or exciting, I guess, about this is the fact that I was introduced to this gentleman uh, in his classroom about, you know, a week or ten days ago. And already, in that short period of time, um, through my... Um, use of, of RSS and, and all these great wonderful new tools we have, I've, I've been um, uh, able to find out a whole lot more about this and, and hear what other people are thinking about, uh, in particular, this classroom and their work with podcasting. And I think it's just amazing how quickly and how easily we're able to uh, explore these things. So that's, that's just really exciting. Um, if you don't know the podcast I'm referring to, I'll include it in the show notes, but please make sure that you, you listen to it. It's about uh, 20 minutes is, is the podcast, and, and I mentioned in my first podcast that I really hope people try to shorten their their podcast down, but in this one in particular, I, I certainly didn't mind spending the, the uh, time listening to it, because it's, it's some incredible stuff, and, and basically, uh, uh, David offers uh, Bob Sprankle, a grade 3-4 teacher in Maine, a chance to uh, you know, just tell what's going on in this classroom and, and, and how he's using um, podcasting in particular, but also uh, blogging and other and other tools and just sort of his general feelings on on teaching and learning. And it's it's inspiring stuff. And and the more I hear from people like like this who are actualizing what it is that I believe education should look like. Uh, the more excited I am and the more I want to try to encourage people in my role for sure to change the way your classroom looks and and so much of what I do revolves around the technology but as more and more people are coming to know the technology really isn't the key it's it's really just a change in the way we teach and learn and the technology happens to sort of push us in that direction and, and, and assist us in that direction but it's really just a difference in the way we teach and the way we learn. But what I wanted to do um, was kind of play a little bit of a devil's advocate here and look at why is it that if this classroom, and and again, you'll have to listen to it to fully appreciate what I'm talking about, but in general, if if this is the type of a classroom that that we want to have, why is it then that we don't have more classrooms that look like this? where kids are are the focal point of the activity, kids are um, asking great questions, kids are motivated, kids are, are uh, really owners of their own learning and, and true owners of that learning. Why is it that classrooms don't look like this? I'm going to offer you five reasons why I think people don't 
um, adopt this method and maybe offer some some challenges even to that. So I'm going to kind of have a debate with myself on this one, and I'm going to try to keep this uh, again to within my 10-minute goal here. So first of all, I think what some teachers would say they listen to this podcast about how these kids are creating. Um, product and, and uh, you know, working in teams, I would say that some teachers would say, well, that's not realistic. You can't expect that um, your classroom is going to be able to operate that way. Uh, it's too difficult to manage. The kids would be getting out of hand. And, and to, to try to say that everything that you learn about is relative, relevant just really isn't realistic. Well, I mean, obviously we have an example here of someone who is doing these kinds of things. Now, I think we also have to understand when we listen to this, and, and I don't think it's, it's Bob Sprankle's intention to mislead you, but I think everybody understands that it's not perfect. It's not that you know these kids are just always motivated and everything is just just uh, this this uh, utopic environment. I, nobody, I don't think anybody believes that. But certainly, certainly, you you can appreciate the fact that his kids are doing this, and so it's not an unrealistic goal. But certainly, his approach to it is is not traditional in that sense. Um, the second thing that, that, might, that might be occurring that's a, that, that isn't allowing this to happen is that people say, well, I get too many other things. The curriculum is just too demanding to be able to set aside time to uh, you know, invest in creating podcasts and having kids you know, uh, do all this reflection on their learning. And I guess, I guess depending on where you live, and depending on what kind of curriculum pressures you feel, I, don't, I think that we, it's, it's our duty, it's our obligation as teachers to try to make this not seen as an add-on, not seen as an extra thing that we do, but certainly just part and parcel of everything we do. It doesn't matter what curriculum we're talking about. It needs to be part of what we're doing. Uh, a third, a third um argument against why we would have these kind of classrooms would be that, uh, and especially this comes probably more from a high school perspective, is I don't have that much time with kids. This is a grade 3-4 classroom that we're looking at, and he, you know, realistically will spend most of his day with those same kids, and so um, it's a little, he has a little, probably a little more flexibility in, uh, in how he organizes his day, whereas in a high school situation, you're certainly more confined and to, you know, to time and also you don't have the um, luxury of having students with you for a full day. And, and I, I agree that that is a, certainly a detriment to a lot of the things that we pursue. Um, at the same time, I guess, if you really believe that this is important, that you would um, somehow, in, in smaller ways, incorporate these ideas. And I, I, I know that there are high school teachers that are doing this. I think if you listen to Bud the Teacher, uh, is a perfect example of a teacher who's passing that idea of student ownership on to his students and um, and uh, listening to uh, his podcasts and reading his blog, you get that. I mean, he, he obviously gets that. So it's not as easy, I don't think. I think there's some disadvantages, but I still think it's possible. I think a fourth reason why, um, and, and maybe this is the most important reason why, should have left it for five, but that's how I ordered this. The fourth reason why this doesn't happen more, I think it's that I think that there's still a lot of teachers that aren't convinced that this is the best way for learning to occur. I think we still have a number of teachers who are um, adhering to old models of education where knowledge is very important and the teacher is the 
you know, holds that knowledge and has to pass that on. And that concept, I know, is starting to diminish. We're starting to understand more and more. Some of us have different stages of that understanding, but it's moving to the idea that we know that knowledge is not um, in the hands of teachers and that there, there has to be a sense of how do we help kids um, how do we help kids access knowledge and filter knowledge and make knowledge uh, their own and be, be not only consumers of that knowledge but creators and participate in that process and, and we're moving that way but I, I know that lots of teachers just eh, I'm not convinced that that's really the best way that kids learn but boy oh boy I'll tell you when you listen to you know how kids are excited about learning and, and the differences. I'm, I'm just not sure how you could strongly argue against that, that philosophy of education. The final uh, reason I have is that I think some teachers think they don't have the resources or expertise to move in this direction. And I, I liked what he, uh, Bob Sprankle in his, in his um, interview stated that it really isn't about the technology and that it's a process that can be applied um, in any format, and I think that's important to remember that you don't have to <clears throat> you don't have to have all the the knowledge and understanding of the technology part of it and and I guess another thing that I would strongly encourage those teachers who would use this as their um, excuse would be look into collaborating with other teachers um, and and accessing the resources that you have i mean I, I know uh, myself as a consultant, boy, if a teacher phoned me and said, I'd love to get involved with this kind of a classroom, but I'm not sure how I would do it. I would be there in five seconds and saying, boy, you know, I know, I don't know exactly either how it'll work, but let's try it. Let's do some things. Let's, let's arrange our classroom in such a way where we can foster some of these ideas and, and, and let's see how the kids respond to it. I mean, it's not perfect. And maybe that's another reason I didn't have, I didn't have it listed, but it, it's, it's not smooth. It's. I, I know there's learning involved, and learning doesn't look the way it used to look. Kids don't sit in rows and 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 uh, you know respond only when the teacher asks them to. That that if you're going to adhere to that model, this this is this won't work well for you. you, you it's going to be a little messy. But I think if you kind of look past the mess, if you look past the the. Um, you know, seemingly disorganization at times, although you know people get better at that. Uh, you'll see learning, and, and you'll see kids that are motivated. And, and you know the, the statement that he makes about asking the question: If this isn't relevant, why isn't it? And what can we do to make it more relevant? Boy, teachers, teachers need to do that more, and good teachers do that already. And those that say, "Well, hey, some stuff you just do it because you do it," boy, that's that's a disheartening statement. That's that's really sort of sucks the motivation right out of learning when someone says you just have to do it. That's no fun, and and not that everything about school is fun. It's hard work, but it's it's rewarding and it's it's meaningful. And yeah, I know it, that sounds you know utopic in a lot of ways, but that's I guess that's what we're supposed to try to go for. That's what we're trying to create in our classroom. So please listen to. Um, the podcast that I'm referring to and uh, if you have some ideas that you think I've missed, I'm sure I have I mean those are just my initial kind of thoughts, but if you've got other ideas or you, you know, you're saying well hey uh, you, you've, you've kind of got some of these ideas wrong, or you've missed the boat here, hey let me know I'd love to have the discussion, I think that's what's exciting about what we're doing here um, with 
some of the new social software is we're having a conversation and this conversation is moving around and I think that's that's exciting and, and it's it's how we learn and it's how I'm learning so uh, that's it for now and we'll try to put together another podcast in the future I'm not tying myself to any schedule so I don't know when it's going to come but uh, I appreciate you listening bye